Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. It's Cop On. It's live. Um, it, you know, the, the, there's a, a message just flat, flashed up on my screen saying my system load is heavy. heavy. Um, so we'll see what happens about this uh, stream, about, uh, you know, this, this recording for Cop On around the world, the audio feed. But my, uh, my system load is heavy. Indeed. I'm delighted to be joined by Alan, by Doug and by Jack. Uh, Jack, I'm going to start with you. Um, you went out last night. It was your friend's girlfriend's birthday. Happy birthday to her. Um, did you feel better or were you just, you know, still angry? And were you just, you know, on the inside, absolutely fuming all night? Or at some point they played some Neil Diamond and you danced the night away and everything was good. I don't know. Uh, remember, you're on mute, Jack. How did you deal with it? How did you deal with it? A lot of alcohol. Um, thank you very much <laughs> for having me on, Owen, as well. Great to speak to the lads, as always. And yeah, it was partying with Evertonians as well. Not the best, especially after they won as well. So yeah, it was a couple of arguments that last night <laughs> between us all. Uh, a lot of debates going on anyway. Um, and who's having the worst or the better season um, so between both teams anyway, especially the mad one. Awobi is on like, is it just behind in terms of the assist table with Kevin De Bruyne, which is mad. Um, but yeah, yeah mate, nice. it, it was, yeah, fuming. Mate. Off the back of, I think all was where the back of yesterday, uh, it's probably an accumulation of weeks of poor performances even months for Liverpool, but we're just not used to it. We're, we've been very accustomed to to winning every single game for the best part of the last three, four seasons. And yeah, it's it's, it's weird. I don't know how to feel about it. It was like, I remember, not fondly, but I remember the Roy days and even the Brendan days as well. So yeah, we've come a very long way, mate, but deeply disappointed. Drank a load of alcohol, tried to forget it, but sadly woke up this morning and remembered the results. So yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've got it. We've all got to sober up at some point. Um, uh, Doug is here. Doug from the Dugout Football Channel. Delighted to have you with us, Doug. I mean, Jack mentioned our form. I mean, I was looking at it. Our, our last five matches now since those two were postponed after the Queen died, and then there was the international break. So coming back from that huge break was Brighton 3-3, Arsenal a 3-2 loss, uh, the amazing 1-0 win over Manchester City. A very lucky, in my opinion, 1-0 win over West Ham. And a 1-0 loss yesterday, which in some respects was unlucky. Um, that Klopp um, you know, referred to in his post-match uh, interviews. He said, uh, Klopp, this is quoting Jürgen, he said, um, it's not, hang on one second. Oh, yeah. I think this game was decided in six or seven situations. One was the set piece they used and the other situations with the set pieces we didn't use. That it will be a difficult game for us was clear. Away, Nottingham not in a great situation and a super intense week for us. Two super intense games. We had to change late. So it was clear that we have to be ready to put a big fight in. The boys did. But how we couldn't score from the set pieces, I have no idea. That's it now, pretty much. So the performance, I can explain the result. Not really, to be honest. 
do you buy that from Jurgen Klopp? I mean, given our recent form, I think I think we've been very, very, very shaky in those games that I talked about before. Sorry to, to give you too much of a question here. Um, uh, uh, we 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 only had better XG than our opponent once, and that was against Manchester City. And again, in all the other four games, our XG against was more than two. So basically, we can't defend for Toffee, Doug. I don't know. What do you make of any of that? I'm just so angry right now. I'm absolutely angry. Um, I'm just frustrated because we have a mentality of going into games where we just think we could just think we can just turn up and win. It's not like that. Football is not played on, on, on paper. It's not played in like betting shops or anything like that. It's played on the pitch. And it happens so many times. Who who can say that Liverpool can beat Manchester City? And West Ham United, and yes, we were lucky against West Ham. Manchester City were fantastic, but we lose to Nottingham Forest. Now, I know from stats, and I know that we haven't won at the City Ground since 1984, I think, in the in the in the league. But that yesterday was an absolute disgrace. Like we just didn't turn up at all. Like the thing, the thing was as well that. As soon as I saw the team sheet, I knew we were going to struggle because we had no Tiago. Tiago is our best passer by an absolute mile um, in that team, and we moved back to the four-three-three. And you know, I just thought, I just thought when, when we moved back to the four-three-three, I just had a feeling we would we would struggle yesterday, and unfortunately, we 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 did. And you know, I think if we had played for ninety more minutes, we were we looked, we looked really toothless up front yesterday. We would have probably played another 90 minutes and we probably wouldn't still not have scored. I'm just so angry that that's been Fulham, Palace, Brighton, uh, the Ev. I could basically add the Evan uh, and Forest now that we've basically gone in. We think we can basically just turn up and win and we haven't. And it's just so, so frustrating. And we've got two massive games coming up with, with Ajax. Yes, we've got a chance to get into the next round, which is, which is fantastic. And then Leeds United at seven forty-five on a Saturday tea, uh, Saturday evening kickoff. Like who who decides these kickoff times? Because I've I, honestly seven forty-five is like just basically just settling down for the night. Oh, but no, oh no, no, no. We'll give you a Liverpool game on uh, Sky Sports to basically watch. But no, mate, I'm absolutely just angry, still frustrated, and um, sorry for my language, but pissed off. Oh, you can swear. They're only words, in my opinion. Yes, you can say, um, you know, Liverpool were fucking shit, which we were, um, you know, because just shit isn't good enough uh, for the goal, especially. There were some other bright parts of, of, of yesterday's game. There were. But overall, um, Alan, do, do you... I mean, welcome back to Cop On, first of all. It's absolutely wonderful that you're with us. Um do you buy what Jürgen says? Because I think he's got a point about the fact that we had two very, very intense games, Man City and West Ham, and then we've got to play another one in six days. I mean, that is ridiculous. And given the injuries, we were talking before about the um, really interesting uh, unavailable nine players we had yesterday. They were Diaz, Jota, Nunez, Nabi Lad, Tiago, Arthur Mello, if you count him, Matip, Ibu, and young Ramsey at right back. 
there are excuses, Alan, aren't there? I mean, you know, they're, 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 are they valid or, or, you know, is it just, you know, is it just that we're, we're just simply not good enough? Yeah, well, that's a good question because obviously we have all them injuries, but it's it's not valid because as Doug pointed out there, all them teams that we didn't turn up against, it's, it's something wrong this season. So that team we had out yesterday should have been able to beat Forest, or should have at least had them on the rack. You know, um, once they scored, and I, I know we had a few chances to score that we could have, we didn't deserve it. We didn't, we didn't pin them back in the first few minutes, put them under pressure. Like, um, like some of the some of the things like with players being injured, we have to take our blame for it. Like, like Ox Nabby. Um, probably James Milner, even though I love him, should have been gone last summer. But like Ox and Nabby, when are we going to learn the, the lesson from the Ox? He got injured, we gave him a chance, he came back, he got injured, we gave him a chance. We do the same with Nabby. We go and get an emergency midfielder this year. We get Arthur, who's injured and had an injury history. So um, I understand what Jorgen is saying, but there comes a time when excuses run out Do you know how many times have we been on here saying we need midfielders we need midfielders last year people were saying our midfield was needed strengthening so i understand what you're going to say but it's like jack said earlier i remember the brendan rogers era i remember god hudson and stuff we're starting to look like that team again that can get up for a city and then lose to someone crap and that's not good enough for us, not from where we've been the last few years. Um, on this point of the set pieces, um, Wait, I didn't back see the starting the... lineup yesterday. Was was Simicass injured yesterday? Uh, I think he was missed big time for his cross. No, I from... think. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I, I think don't he, know was, if he was on the bench. No, it's probably yeah, be. So... that's okay. Is it better now? Is it okay? Yes, yeah, yeah. I thought Simicast was missed yesterday for, for his crosses, like he's a fantastic crosser of the ball. And I think when we're struggling with um with midfield, and I know I'm like a repeating myself, but I think we could find a place for Costas in, in the midfield there instead of Jones yesterday, even after the last thirty minutes, you know, putting balls into the box there and stuff. Um but yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to ramble on here. We don't stop me because I'm just so well, no, pissed it's, off, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean we've got plenty of time to 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 rant away and vent. You know, this is what this is what it's for. I mean, I come and doing a podcast after a loss is uh, that you know we, I I feel the pain. There's so much to talk about. Um, but no, that's a good call. We we had lots of options. Um, you know, bringing Costas into midfield is one I hadn't considered. But yes, of course you could. Um, you know, you could. Uh, I thought Milner actually played played pretty well. I mean, his stats were good yesterday uh, in terms of tackles, etc., and interceptions. He was good with the ball. He was in the right place at the right time, mostly. But he still can't run. And when he is caught out of position, you know, it's, it's very easy just to run past him on the break. Um, but I thought there were so many problems. There were so many things we're going to talk about. But for, you know, I just, I'll, I'll start by giving you a few stats and then 
we'll get into um, you know the highlights. We'll talk about the particular issues because it's something we haven't really done on Copon recently. It's just look more in detail about what's going wrong. And I think there are lots of examples from yesterday of things that we need to improve in. It's a good, uh, you know, they're, they're reflected in a lot of our bad performances recently. But, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of stats, so Nottingham Forest picked up their first Premier League win in 10 matches, uh, having drawn three and lost six of their previous nine. And it was their first home league win over Liverpool since a 1-0 victory in March 1996 under Frank Clark. Um, Liverpool... Uh, have failed to win any of their first five away games in a Premier League season for the first time since 2006-07 under Rafa Benitez, uh, who ended up being winless in the first seven away matches. Uh, and the third uh, beautiful statistic to raise the mood, uh, Liverpool have never won in six Premier League away games against Nottingham Forest, uh, and the City Ground is the only ground um, that the Reds have played at more than once since the Premier League b began and never won. So we've never won there, as Doug was saying before. Our last one was 1984. Our last match at the City Ground in the league uh, was a Premier League match in 1999. It was 2-2, uh, Pierre van Hoydonk last-minute equaliser. And if you remember that, 10 points. Um, going into the match then, uh, Jack... Jack from Anfield Road TV. Everybody got to, has got to check out Anfield Road TV. Brilliant stuff on YouTube. And I see in the chat we've got Gary Richards. Hi, tally ho, Gary. And uh, John as well from Glasgow Red Chats. Absolutely brilliant to have you with us, guys. We're going through, sorry, you know, trigger warning. We're going through some of the highlights. I'm going to give you a little description, Jack, of highlights as they happen chronologically in the match. The first thing was Harvey Elliott, the first chance, Harvey Elliott's beautiful chipped ball over the top, Fabby C running past Steve Cook, uh, you know, for the showing Steve Cook to be the statue that he is. I don't know why we didn't keep doing that. Um, he, his first touch was magical, more magical than David Copperfield's bucket of glitter. And, he tried to nutmeg the keeper. It was a really good effort, brilliant effort, and an excellent save from Dean Henderson. Um, what did you make of yesterday? Either either that movement, you could talk about that movement, or the link up between Harvey Elliott uh, and uh, Fabio Carvalho. Because I think there's, one, there's too much pressure put on these young kids. And two, I wanted to see more of the link up between them both with more runs past the old men that Forrest had in in the centre of defence. What, what do you make of it, Jack? Yeah, um, and just mainly I went to the West Ham, very luckily I went to the West Ham game, speaking to Alan off the back of that game as well, and my comment section this week is, I don't know if it translated well on in terms against West Ham. Yes, we were poor in the second half, but the, the one positive to come, if you probably can pick, over recent weeks and months is the emergence of obviously Carvalho in this Liverpool system and, and, and Elliot really they are our future but we should be having a, an environment a winning environment where we can bring in either one or two of them within certain games you're not you should not yeah there's always any pressure regardless of it 18 
25, 30 years old, coming into Liverpool, one of the biggest clubs, biggest institutions in world football, as we know. And when you put on the shirt, there's a lot of expectation. And Carvalho and Elliot are very much basically carrying Liverpool for, for quite a large portion of this season. Um, I really loved watching Carvalho yesterday as well. If you can take a positive out of yes, it's... it's yeah. But in terms of him, his movements, his understanding as well, it's obviously both lads have played for with each other for a very long time and the youth academies with Fulham as well, and that very much translates quite well. Um, I think Carvalho, it would possibly can get him into a more central number 10 area. That's very much where he thrived in a Fulham system last year. Um, if we need to go back to a 4 2 3 1, but Obviously, Carvalho with the injuries with Jota and Diaz, we did see him preoccupied that left-hand side. Quite rightly so, because he's the more naturally gifted left-hand side player that we've got fit available at the minute. But I, I'd very much agree with what Alan said. I think we've seen in recent weeks in terms of Jürgen change the system, and he admitted that he needed to do that. And even if you need to play a 4-4-2 and then play... <sighs> Trent right mid or Costas left mid, yet it might come across quite negative. But in terms of width and more or less creativity, I think if you look at Costas in terms of his minutes played, paired assists, per 90 in his Liverpool career, I think he's got more more assists, per 90 than Trent and obviously Robbo combined. So, which is a bit of a mad stat, apologies if that's wrong, but I think I've seen some yesterday where he's quite high up in terms of statistics. So when he plays, he does create. And as we said, I was looking at the bench. Costas yesterday was an unused substitution. Um, so like that stems from obviously the, the substitutions drastically changed the game against West Ham. And we got very lucky. I didn't understand the substitutions. Took out the whole momentum out of that game. And I think it was very, very weird substitutions from Jake Klopp yesterday. I know his hands are tied, but that's his fault and the football club for the neglect in which we've shown in the window for the best part of three to four years. Um, when you're looking at a senior, the only senior midfielder Liverpool brought in is Thiago Alcantara, of real quality, and obviously Arthur coming in a couple of weeks ago, and quite frankly, he's not up to the standards of a midfielder in Liverpool. Um, but yeah, Carvalho, mates, the, the one positive really could take out of that game was Carvalho and Elliot. I just wish you weren't playing as much, but at the end of the day, they the don't have to be playing minutes. And it's a valuable experience, but it's it's difficult when you do see people on social media digging them out to, to the 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Um, yes, they are playing for Liverpool and the expectations are there, but give the lads a rest, really, in terms of because some of the stuff we've seen over the last, not just the last week, but in terms of, yeah, people can criticise, but these lads are trying their hardest. And most importantly, the effort from those two is there. It, it, there's a lot more players in that Liverpool team, as we probably will discuss tonight, that just don't, frankly don't look like they're asked to be there, in all honesty. I think there are question marks. Yeah, there are question marks about the hunger. Um, you know, it, can you compare the hunger to what it was you know, last year when we were going for the title or any any of the recent seasons where, where we've, you know, we've really had a point to prove and we've been going all out to prove it. But uh, Fabio Carvalho, I mean, he was substituted in the 61st minute. He had four shots, which was the equal most in the team. 
with Mo Salah, who also had four shots. Uh, just that one on target that was well saved. But he did look like he was, you know, he, I would have kept him on, to be honest, because he did look like he was, you know, someone who's capable of what Klopp said, playing around their formation. Um, before we go on to the next highlight, there is something you mentioned about uh, Simikas and his and his uh, minutes per goal contribution. I, you might have been referring to a stat uh, put out by Andrew Beasley, um, where um, Costas is uh, number five on the list for minutes per goal contribution this season. Bobby Firmino is top of that. Then Diogo Jota, then Darwin, then Mo Salah. And then Costas. So Costas is ahead of Luis Diaz, Fabio Carvalho uh, and Andy Robertson um, on that list. Uh, so Andy Robertson, 237 minutes per goal contribution before yesterday's match. And um, Costas, 122. So he's twice as prolific uh, in terms of creating chances, creating goals than Andy Robbo. So, yes, um, very interesting stuff. Yeah, moving on to uh, the, the next chance, because, you know, Klopp talked about playing around their formation. That's what they talked about at halftime. The second highlight was a uh, not Nottingham Forest chance. Gomez has the ball. He plays it square for Virgil, perfectly reasonable decision. Um, and But Virgil plays a very stupid pass into Carvalho's feet. He absolutely fired it at Fabio Carvalho when Carvalho was surrounded. So Ryan Yates, who I thought, um, you know, looked like, uh, you know, I don't know, some kind of, you know, prime, uh, I don't know, Beckenbauer or something yesterday. Um, he won the ball and, and Forrest broke. Gibbs White played it to Awani. And he rolled it back for Kuyate, who was very good as well. And his low drive was well held by Alison Becker. But Alan, it's um, stupid, in my opinion, to, to go through the centre when that's exactly what Forrest wanted us to do, is just go through the centre so that they can nick it, because they, they were outnumbering us so obviously. And we were just, you know, trying to go through these stupid gaps. And we, we were lucky a few times yesterday because we made that ridiculous decision, even in the second half, to go right through the middle of them. Because, I don't know, do you, did you have any, like, I don't know, what do you think, Hannah? What do you think about any of that, about the tactical plans? I don't know. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. I remember that instant as well. I just remember thinking, well, God, I hope that's Virgil's only mistake in the game. Um um, but I think the problem there is why is a young 18-year-old Carvalho in that position to be taking that ball? You know, to, it's to do with our midfield, isn't it? That he shouldn't be there taking that ball. He's more of an attacking player. Um, but yeah, everything seemed to go through the middle yesterday. Like we were um, saying at the beginning of the season that Mo Salah was wasted out in the wing. You know, we wanted him in nearer goals, which I still want. But yesterday, we were just everything was through the middle just didn't make sense it was like it was it was like you used to say before there's no plan b whether that's because you hadn't got the subs i don't know but you know we didn't seem to mix it up everything was going through the middle like you said they were just in the middle waiting for us to won the ball and the counter-attack that's that's what they did all day 
and we just kept kept playing up the middle. Um, and I agree with what Jack said there. There's so many people on giving out about Carvalho and stuff like he's putting in the effort. That chap shouldn't be in that position to be starting these games. You know, there should be a solid midfield behind him. But he's doing fantastic. And only for, I think, my four players yesterday that gave it everything was, well, Robbo always gives it everything, but um, Carvalho, Elliot, and Ali. What would we do without Ali? If it wasn't for Ali, we would have lost against West Ham a couple of goals. We would have lost a couple of goals yesterday. So the plan yesterday was just, it wasn't the plan B. It was just, do you know what I missed on? We went to the bottom of the Premier League and we didn't attack them from minute one. We should have pinned them back into their box for the first 20 minutes. And mm. that's the intensity that we normally bring. And, and that's what I was missing yesterday, I think. Yeah. I'm missing a lot this season. Yeah, there was a distinct lack of movement. There was a distinct um, lack of creativity. But yeah, just just playing into their hands frustrated the life out of me. Um, by the end of the match, I couldn't I couldn't watch. It was a horror show. I, c- I literally couldn't watch. I was finding distractions on my phone and sort of keeping half an eye on it. And every time I looked up, it was just a nightmare. Um, but Doug, um, uh, yeah, I mean. You could talk about anything we talked about so far, or I'll give you the, the third highlight of the match. Um, it, the ball was in Forrest's defensive half. Um, it, it was a clearance, a sort of looping clearance that Forrest whacked it up. And then a few yards um, still in their defensive half from, from the centre circle in the middle of the pitch, uh, Awani, who was, who was excellent, he's a brilliant player. I wish we'd kept him, to be honest. Well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but Awani pushes Fabinho slightly and just very easily wins the ball. Um, Awani then lays it off and starts running diagonally into the left-hand inside channel or the left half space, if you prefer uh, to call it that. And then Milner was on the halfway line. He just stopped to try and block the passing lane, but he didn't. And that meant that Awani was one-on-one with Joe Gomez. Um, Instead of trying to take Gomez on the outside, Awani cut inside, drawing Virgil and uh, Joe Gomez together, allowing Lingard to run around the back of Awani. Um, and Awani played it to Lingard, who on the left-hand edge of the D, on the edge of the area, he had a low shot, fortunately, straight at Allison. And Allison, it was a hard shot, though, and Allison, uh, his handling was, was impeccable. Allison was brilliant yesterday so you can talk about any of that doug um or uh you know if you if if you want to talk about fabino like you know how worried you are about fabino because that was so easy to push him off the ball and you know two or three years ago you you just couldn't do that you could try a thousand times and you would lose a thousand and one i don't know yeah yeah no it's uh, i think you summed it up um Owen, was it a horror show yesterday absolute horror show i think alan is absolutely right as well where would we be without alison backer my goodness me like i i think i'm starting to sort of run out of superlatives for alison like he is the best keeper in the premier league like i don't care what anybody says i know in the world oh yeah like he's just He's just something else. And the thing is as well, like he made some absolutely fantastic saves yesterday. 
I mean, the one from Yates is an absolute world-class save. Like, it's literally, it's his, like, left arm that's basically saved that one. Um, I mean, the fact that we've lost to a team that has Jesse Lingard in it makes me even more embarrassed uh, than I already am. What I will say, though, I think they were lucky they were still with 11 men. I think QI should have been sent off uh, because he does go in two-footed on Harvey Elliott. I know he kind of slips, but it's just the sort of the, the two-footed on Elliott. And to be fair, I wasn't expecting much from Paul Tierney anyway because that guy is an absolute shite ref. Um, he seems to be one of the ones that Klopp seems to have a problem with. And, you know, I, I have as well. And, you know, I, I I have to say that I think QI was very, very lucky to stay on the pitch. But what really annoyed me yesterday was when we actually had the ball in attacking areas, we kept passing it backwards. Like, Robo has a chance to run, run at, um, um blah, 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 who was, who was that? Ori. Like, Ori is not the mm-hmm. best defensively. Let me just say that. Ori is not the best defensively. But every time Robertson was trying to pass, pass through him, kept passing back to Ali, kept passing back to Virgil, kept passing yeah, back to Gomez. Swear, that yeah. uh-huh. really, really annoyed me. And the one thing as well, how Curtis Jones survived 90 minutes of that horror show yesterday, I will never know. Carvalho for me. And by the way, Gabby Agbonlahor, you can shut your mouth about, about, about Fabio Carvalho not being a, a star for Liverpool or not, or not being a not being a Premier League proven player. Well, let me just put it this way. Fabio Carvalho has come from Fulham. He's only 20 years of age. He will get better. He will get better. The fact that you're basically saying that he shouldn't be uh, in a Liverpool starting 11, give over. Like, honestly, you are an absolutely awful punter anyway. But Carvalho should have stayed on the pitch yesterday. Curtis Jones, for me, did absolutely nothing in the whole game. Um, And... I'm starting to get to the stage now. Like, if you look at that bench yesterday, there was hardly anything to change, 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 change to, like, come off the bench. We had Oxley chamberlain We had, like, Henderson. We had uh, Simicash who didn't come on. Basetich. We had Clark, I think. Nat Nat Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the two goalkeepers as well. Two goalkeepers. Like that. Like, when you've got a bench with two goalkeepers, that, Mm. that is a sign of not, being able to invest in the in the squad, I'm sorry, I'm just running out of ways to basically say that we haven't strengthened in the right positions, and unfortunately, that is a re- that bench is a result of not being able to strengthen or actually get players get get you know reinforcements in because we bad we badly needed to get that midfield reinforced, but. No, that, that game has just really angered me. And I think Klopp made some very, very silly decisions last night. Well, I mean, lots to talk about there, absolutely. I would say our starting lineup is also indicative that we, we haven't we hadn't strengthened enough, especially in midfield. Curtis Jones, you mentioned there. I thought he did well, uh, to be honest. I did. I, I, th- I think he did well. He had a, um, an amazing 90 93.8% passing accuracy um, and that was from uh, 100 touches of the ball. I'm not sure how many passes actually. I'll just check that in a moment. But he was playing in a very unfamiliar position that he he had never played in before. Uh, part of a double pivot and then when Fabio Carvalho went off he went more sort of you know to that no man's land 
uh, on the left, surrounded by tons of Forest players. But I thought he did well um, personally. But you know, I could see why people, you know, said he didn't do much. He had one shot, one key pass. Uh, that shot was on target, but I don't remember it to be honest. Um, it wasn't one of the main highlights anyway, because the next highlight in the first half, the last one of a very dire first half was when Liverpool attacked down the right. Milner won a corner, which was uh, easily dealt with at the near post by Yates, but Yates headed it straight back out to James Milner, who had taken the corner. Milner took one touch with his left foot to open up an angle for to get in the cross, and then he whipped in a beauty, a beauty Mr Whippy with the flake, right onto Virgil van Dijk's noggin. He was four yards out in front of the goal, a free header, freer than the drummer from free, watching free Willy at a free open air cinema. And what does he do? Tries to nod it to Bobby Firmino, inexplicably nodding it wide. I say inexplicably, but I wonder if that is I, that is indicative of this hunger thing. You know, Virgil's looked off it this season. He's looked like he, he, you know, this may be the arrogance that Doug was referring to at the start of the show, that people just think that we can turn up and get three points. It's it, it's just ridiculous. I thought Virgil was rubbish yesterday. Sorry to anyone. I mean, I love Virgil, but he, you know, credit where it's due and debit where it's due as well. He was awful. Jack, what do you what do you make of any of that? Yeah, that was always absolutely fuming, mate. And as you're saying, this it, it, it's 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 the modern day players anyway, not just Liverpool players anyway, but the modern day players, they're all happy enough to put social media posts out anyway, going, oh, big three points or being because they were all all mouth against City after the win. And then they're not all mouth now against the team that's bottom in the league anyway. And it, as I said, it's no players above criticism, but Virgil van Dijk, he's been on his Lila or something on a sunbed or, or all season because he's waiting for the World Cup anyway. It, and it's quite staggering that a player of that quality, just been speaking about Alisson there, boys, and you're spot on. It's a shame that not certain players within this squad can actually raise their level. When you've got Allison, if it wasn't for Allison last season, boys, we said we wouldn't have got Champions League. No way. And I tell you what, you'd always do need a good goalkeeper. He wins your 15, 20 points every single season. But when you, you just need, it was weird. Like, I don't even know what it is with Adrian Van Dyke. As you were saying, it's just a little sloppiness and just mainly comes down to a lack of concentration at the elite level. And if you're not concentrating for even a minute in the Premier League or 10 seconds, you get punished. Uh, and and for, the fact that both centre-halves will probably get into the second half mate, on, the, on the goal, mate, but the reaction was quite poor. I think my nan could have reacted quicker than the six-yard box if she was <laughs> playing centre-half for Liverpool. It was, they were too busy ball-watching and... And that's, a, I think, what everyone said. The main word I've used this season is the centre-halves not being as proactive. Van Dijk was proactive, probably the most proactive I've seen in terms of his six-yard box. He was doing defending like he used to. 
it was back to basics that we've seen this season, where he's just slow, lethargic to even basic five, ten yard balls as well. And it's that just comes from just attitudes. Um, Allison's got the right attitude, has done all season. Um, because I tell you what, where would we be as the lads already alluded to this season if we didn't have Ali? I think we'd be literally in the bottom three. Um, it could well be, yeah. it, 100% yeah. we would be. Uh, there's probably a statistic out there that, that obviously the, the, the amount of points Ali's already won this season, mate. But yeah, it's it's disappointing. And it's the fact that you've got to play that ability that it's just you can't pick and choose when to play well in a football game. I get players have off days, but Virgil and quite a lot of these players, and probably we'll get on to Fabinho a bit later, but he's. Don't know what's happened with him. He's, his form's gone off a cliff. But yeah, disappointing from Van Dyke, mate. Uh, as I said, we know the levels in which he can reach, but it's quite frankly not good enough. Yeah, it's a great answer. It's a great answer. And and you know, if it's true that he is even sub, you know subconsciously saving himself for the World Cup, then he's doing it the wrong way because you've got to be in good form when you're in the World Cup. You've got to be you know in rhythm. You've got to be playing well because you're about to come up against you know some of the best attackers in the in the world and you know if you know if he's playing against for example uh a benzema and mbappe for france you know he's got to be on top of his game to shut them out and you can't afford to pick and choose when you play well and when you don't um great you know so that's the end of the first half highlights we're going to take a little half time um you know dip into the chat because i see some more people are in the chat 1892 reds podcasters here so great to have you with us um <laughs> you say uh embarrassing club we are fsg need to go now oh interesting uh maybe maybe okay certainly see where you're coming from although i would i would at least give them a you know another couple of transfer windows to see the error of their ways and chuck the blank checkbook at Jürgen's, uh, you know, in Jürgen's way, basically, you know, not chuck it too hard, just gently throw it. Um, uh, and uh, our, our Russian friend, Panov Scouse, is here. Panov Scouse, um, why do our players always play crap against the so-called lesser teams? Is it because they play for their egos against the big teams to look good? It's looking that way to me. That's a really interesting question maybe but it, we're so used to it i mean those of us who were around in the 90s and 2000s it's exactly that you know we play really well against a big team and then you know lose to charlton athletic for example you know in the next game absolutely awful um but there you go great to have you with us guys and uh gary richard saying when does by chetich get a game um i think when he's you know I, I wouldn't I understand not putting him on yesterday because you know huge pressure game he's already got two kids out there with Elliot and uh and Carvalho and put another kid there where you've got to turn the game around you know you bring bites it's on when you're winning two or three nil uh but uh, anyway great stuff great to have everybody with you um with us uh everybody with us in, in the chat so that's wonderful stuff um moving into the second half the goal again trigger warning we're going to talk about Forrest's goal uh alan you could talk about this one fabinho played a square ball um to gomez who who uh, was just inside the forest half 
in the center of the pitch. And when the ball arrives at Gomez's feet, he has 10 yards of space. There's no one around within 10 yards. Um, he's got uh, three options, Milner, Van Dijk, and to return, return it back to Fabinho because they're all available for a very easy pass. But Joe Gomez decided to summon his inner Degsy. He took three touches for no reason. The last one, kicking it softly straight at the oncoming Awani, who then knocks the ball past Gomez. But Gomez turns well, and then for no known reason, Gomez hauls him down. Instead of, he could have just raced him to the ball, he would have got there. And Virgil was covering, and there was nowhere, nowhere else. Awani wasn't going anywhere, but whatever. Players do that. They decide to take the yellow card. He took one for the team. From the resulting free kick, Steve Cook had, you know, all the time in the world to whack in the cross. And the cross, I, I paused it and I, and I had a quick look, you know, sort of a, a zoom-in look. That it, it went through three players, Robbo, Fabinho, and Virgil van Dijk went through them all, straight through them all. And then the ball, the Forest player had that shot against the post, and it's 1-0. Forest, thanks to uh, Tywell Awani's rebound shot. Um, it's like there was only one team playing from that free kick, isn't it, Alan? Because, you know, like they had the ball, they crossed it. They, sorry, they played the long ball to Steve Cook. No one was marking him. He whacked it across. No one stopped it. They had a shot, hit the post. No one was alive to the rebound apart from a Forest player. And you may as well, I don't know, stuff is, inject the players with formaldehyde. Send them out stiff. Because, uh, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they're equally effective if they were statues. It was it was infuriating, as most goals are, to be honest, that we score that 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 other teams score against us. But it was particularly galling that one to me. What what do you think of it, Alan? Oh, I think that should be Gomez's last ever game in centre back for us. You know, he's the minute he took that first touch on the ball, I screamed at the telly. I just thought, just pass it off. You're not a player. Get the ball, pass it on. And he took the second touch. I, I, I was twice as mad. Then when he took and the then third, the third touch, one. <laughs> I just, yeah. And then as soon as the free came, I just said, that's one of those moments that's going to lead to a goal. I just I just knew it. I just felt the goal coming out of that. And I think the five minutes before that, we seemed to be getting a hold of, of the game a little bit. So And that just, that was it. Um. But yeah, Forest were Forest were hungry for the ball and attack. Where, like you said earlier on, we were tapping the ball backwards, beating around the box. It's like we were looking for Thiago, who wasn't on the pitch, to pass the ball for us. But uh, I'm sorry now, Gomez. He, for me, for me, he's, at the moment, probably should be right back cover for Trent until Ramsey gets going. Um, but I'm not a great Nat Phillips fan. I think Nat is a old style centre back that just pounds out the headers and stuff. But I would play him ahead of Gomez now in centre back. I've just I've had it with him. Just, the I, other thing I understand. About, the other thing about Gomez too, I always feel like I'm a huge Matip fan. Uh, I think, and I said it before, I think Matip makes Virgil play better because he's the only one that seems to shout about Virgil. But um. When Gomez plays, 
I don't feel secure with headers coming into the box with him. And the other side of it, I'm, he's never going to score for you up to the end. You know, a few of those set pieces the organ was talking about yesterday. You know, you had Virgil was the tallest guy up there and probably Gomez, but you never feel Gomez is going to get a header in. You know, it's just, you know, that's the way I see him anyway. But huge, oh my God, that goal. And like, it's like Jack was saying earlier on, against West Ham, we didn't play well, but we ground out the result. And to win titles or to get up close to titles, you have to win games like that. But you can't come out in the next game and be shite as well. You know, you have to have a reaction. Um, and that's a great point about Virgil too. Like, we're all huge Virgil fans, but, you know, was Virgil too much relaxed? You know, this interviews after the game, look, not even a sweat on him, like, and all this sort of stuff. You know, now that the, he needs to put the axe to the wheel again, grind out results, he's just not doing it. You know, has he got... Sorry there, Alan. It was a smiling yeah. that I didn't like yesterday, mate. Joe, when he was yeah. missing his chances, he's smiling. I, I guess, you know, he's, he's, but it's like, I think it was the third chance he missed all the Jordy squared it, and he's smiling. It's like, mate, uh, come on, <laughs> what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I don't think we said that at the beginning of the season too, this, and Doug said it earlier on, it's just, where's the fight? Where's the anger? Where's the frustration? You know, if, if our team is losing, we, we back our team, we back our players. But we want to see that fight. There was no fight. You know. And Salah's getting a lot of stick as well. Like you, you can't get the ball to him. What's he supposed to do? You yeah. know, it's just yeah. un, uh, unbelievable. It is unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I mean he, yeah, I don't know. He's Van Dyke is again poor in the next in the next couple of highlights because after we concede the goal. Just after we concede the goal, you want to see a reaction. You want to see Liverpool fight. We want to see the, you know, kick back, you know, put put on the afterburners. You know, we want to see the jetpack. Have you seen those new jetpacks that, you know, that actually exist these days? We want to see Liverpool flying back with a jetpack straight at, you know, Nottingham Forest balls going straight for the ghoulies. But... I don't know. We tried a little bit. Gomez had the ball. He played a much better ball, actually, fizzing it uh, low one from the edge of the centre circle out to James Milner, whose first touch was very good. It took him inside. Uh, but Harvey Elliott made a run. Again, why didn't they do that more often? I don't know. He made a great diagonal run into the box. Milner found Elliott, and Harvey's right-footed shot was pretty easily saved by by. Henderson, but it was decent, and it was like, yeah, come on, Liverpool, this is great, well done. Got a shot away immediately after conceding. You know, we can raise it, we can lift it up from the resulting corner. Robertson put in a delicious ball. Van Dyke, such a useless header, like a really useless header. Gave a ball to them, they cleared it immediately. But then Gomez had the ball, and he had this useless pass up the line. Doug, I don't know if you remember that really soft little rolly little pass. Robbo, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Milner. I don't know. Got got out muscled by a a Forest player because it was, but it was more the pass that was really bad. But then the Forest player hit it back down the line towards Awani, and it was a poor pass. And it was the weirdest moment of the match for me, Doug, because Joe Gomez just ran alongside the ball as if he didn't want the ball itself to move itself in field. 
he could have just kind of got the ball and you know whacked it up for a, a touch or you know like you know dealt with the danger but instead he backed off backed off backed off and when he you know picked up the present he said thank you very much I didn't realize it was christmas already and then forest players and this is another thing that i think is indicative of our recent struggles they ran through our midfield much faster than we could get back so by the time our knee just was running you know next to a retreating gomez for no reason it was a four versus two in their favor ended up with gibbs white taking a bad decision to take the shot on and milner tackled superbly at that point but liverpool weren't tracking back as quickly as Forrest, uh, we should have been piling on the pressure. And it's just just after that moment where we had a corner after some good play by Elliot, we, we wanted to put the pressure on and immediately it flips over and it's us having to try and cover our own ghoulies from being kicked by Nottingham Forest. Doug, what, what do you make of any of that? Just. I, I really don't know. I mean, the the, the the Gomez one that he's literally walking, like running alongside the ball. Like, that's just that's just schoolboy stuff. Like, surely, surely you know as a defender that the, uh, the, the this is the thing, and this is the thing. Like everyone has been saying that we've had a big, big problem with like balls coming across like our like a like up above our above our heads or like in behind us. We've always had we've always had difficulty there, but. I think yesterday was the moment where I was like, well, as soon as Mata Pekunati comes back, Gomez is back to third or fourth choice centre-back. Because I don't know what has happened, but just ever since that injury that he had that come come off England, and I'm absolutely praying to goodness that he does not go anywhere near that World Cup because the last thing we need is more injuries, and I do not want I do not want a, a Joe Gomez to to be injured. I think he is definitely right back cover now for Trent. Um, but we played into the hands yesterday. Like, how many players did you see in and around their box? And we all know we can't play against low blocks. We know we struggle against low blocks. How many players were were around Mo Salah? when he was trying to hit that very team effort that Dean Henderson saved. There were about five or six force players around him. We played into the hands yesterday. You know, just you have to try and, you know, change it out a bit, but playing through the middle just did not work. Like, with a lack of width with, like, you know, Elliot and Carvalho, like, they didn't really want to, you know, go at players. Salad was very, very poor yesterday for me, no... I, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought he would, he would have been playing. And as for Virgil, like I, I, I've been saying it all season that there's something wrong with Virgil. And I, I have to say as well, I do. If he is in World Cup mode, then well, he's in World Cup mode because you know we all know we all know that he missed the Euros, and that that was because of him. That was because of him because he said he said I'm not going to go to the the Euros out of you know recovering with, from the from the injury. I think he is in that mode that he feels that maybe this could be his last chance of a, of a World Cup with Holland. I think he's kind of thinking that because when the next World Cup will be, he'll be 36, I think. Um, it's just getting to that stage now where defensively we're a shambles, absolute shambles. And, 
you know, I'm not even going to go on, on Trent, who has had a very, very poor season so far. I don't know what, don't still don't know what's wrong with him. I mean, there was a funny moment yesterday where literally Gomez and Trent actually ran into each other. That's how bad it actually got yesterday. Honestly, honestly, mate, this 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 result um, doesn't really surprise me because we're Liverpool Football Club. We beat Manchester City, we beat West Ham, and then we bloody go and lose to Nottingham Forest. Joke. It is a joke. It is a joke. And to answer your question as to how many Mo had to deal with in the box, I mean, there was that's the next highlight. I mean, I'm not going. I'm going to finish after this one, really. But it was when Van Dyke tried to go through the centre of Nottingham Forest again. You know, as you were just talking about, stupid move. Um, but this hugely fast low pass was brilliantly flicked on first time by Bobby. I mean, it's, he did as well as he possibly can with a with a ball like that. But neither Mo nor Harvey Elliott could do anything with it because there were two of them and there were eight Forest players centrally. Um, and the furthest forward of them was on the edge of their box. They were, they were all eight of them in this, like... You know, like um, you've seen Asterix. I don't know if you've ever seen Asterix. If not, you should read Asterix. Absolutely wonderful. One of the best cartoons ever. They talk about the, you know, it's, it's quite, you know, they talk about Roman centurions and the Roman centurion formation of a tortoise shell. Wait, uh, do you know what I'm on about, Jack? Have you ever seen this on Asterix? Yeah, you know, you know, you're nodding your head. So you know, the the, the, the Roman garrison, everybody gets in shield. and on the outside, yeah. you put your shields up and you get this tortoise shell formation. That's what Forrest were doing, and that's where we decide to try and play the ball. It's absolutely madness. Go around them, go around them. Anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, that attack broke down. Uh, then. Again, we couldn't run back. We just don't have the energy to run back. Um, it ended up Forrest breaking down our uh, their left, our right. Gibbs White knocked it forward to shake Kuyate. It you know, looked like Speedy Gonzalez out there. He played it towards Brennan Johnson, whose good poke was well saved by Allison. Again, us giving the ball away effectively by trying to play in these crowded areas and then um, ends up with a shot for Forrest. And, uh, yeah, great save, Alisson again. So the rest of them, and there are five more highlights. I don't want to go through them all. Trent had to hit that header after a really good cross from the byline by Robbo. Amazing. If you go around the outside, you can create chances. Who would have thought it? And then Robbo fed Fabinho in the centre. Again, stupid move. Forest win it. They get a break. And then only a brilliant save by Alisson prevents it from being 2-0. And then... Um, Curtis Jones fed Robbo, who won a corner. Allison came forward. Van Dyke had a free header from six yards. And yes, it was an excellent save by Henderson. But again, Virgil should have scored. And then we're in injury time. Trent's cross going out for a Liverpool throw near the corner flag. Gomez threw it long. Liverpool get two flick-ons, but it's sort of needlessly touched over the bar but it was going over the bar anyway from Henderson. And then the last one was when Allison was forward again, Liverpool lost it again. And on the break, Brennan Johnson hit the post with the last kick of the game. God damn it. It's annoying. Frustrating going through all of this because there's so much that was wrong yesterday. I don't, I don't know. Like we're going to have to be 
patient because we don't have the solutions. This is the thing I've been thinking about all day. We just don't have the solutions in the squad. So this is going to happen again. We can be smarter and not go through in not play in stupid areas of the pitch like exactly where our, our opponents want us to play. I think that's one thing we can learn from yesterday. But Jack, I want I want I want you to you know where does this result leave us? I want your opinion. Well, where do you think it leaves us? Because, you know, Tottenham uh, lost to Newcastle today. I think Newcastle, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United. There are loads of people fighting for the top four. And I think we're the worst of them. I've, I, I don't think we're going to get top four. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, we've had to, I think all of us have had to, we change our expectations, haven't we? And you're setting a very dangerous precedent, really, in terms of when you are lobbing your goalkeeper up, aren't you? Mate? It says, how, how, at what point? That uh, just screams desperation in its biggest form, anyway. Get you want to get a point, but Christ, we're 11 games into this league season, we're lobbing the goalie up. Like, <laughs> it's Liverpool, Christ, almighty. Um, Fair enough, it was the last game of the season. We needed a point to get Champions League, like it was a couple of seasons ago, and get Ali gets a goal. But uh, it's, it's, I think we'll even, it's going to be another mid table finish, mate, because the way I see it, that even today, the results that have went probably the way for Liverpool, the, obviously Arsenal, probably the, the, the big favourites this week. Obviously, they dropped two points, should have got all three. But City were the only ones in terms of the top five, top six teams, and obviously the Chelsea Man U game they drew as well. So, yeah, it, it, we're very fortunate. I'm just having a little look at the table now. We're, was it four, five points? Oh, no. Yeah, five points off um, Newcastle. Um, Liverpool, yeah. And they've obviously played a game more, and we're very fortunate that is the case. Because I don't even know how we are like that. Far, like close off the top four, um, Alison Becker. Yeah, yeah, Ali Becker. Really, it's, <laughs> it's it's the thing. No, we we come into the season, didn't we, lads? And everyone listening and chat, we wanted to hit the ground running. And even if Liverpool do say go on a madness after the World Cup, or we we string off 15, 15 games together, because we know we can. We've seen it in the past. This this squad has got a lot of quality in, as we've seen over the years. But if it is a case of what Liverpool be two, three points off City again after this poor start, and it's always that for so that last part of the last three to four years, it's always been just that one game. If we've done something different, and I don't want to be looking at the back end of the season and for us get relegated, probably sat on what 12 points, and the only game we won was Liverpool or something stupid. <laughs> Um, because yeah. you just know that's what's going to happen. Um, if, if it does happen anyway, there are a bunch of mercenaries as well. Forest, like they're all high wages. You made what 20 odd plus signings, and Steve Goupe is doing a tremendous job. Um, I know he spent a lot of money as well. Um, but yeah, I've had to. I went I was like, this beginning of the season, I think I always went, Oh, yeah, we're challenged for the league. Uh, <laughs> And then we're a couple of games into this season. We're like, oh, wow. Um, what has unfolded, really, mate? But as I said to you, mate, it, it's the injuries. Uh, uh, just don't want the, the, the point, mate, as well. So it's a jump bed. But the injuries, the fact that 
Liverpool, I get we've played so many minutes over the last three, three, four years and transfers haven't helped. But the fact that Liverpool haven't got like, well, we've probably got a couple of medical departments, but we haven't got a head, head fitness. I'm not 100% on that. But if we haven't, then and Liverpool is still interviewing. This is Liverpool Football Club. I think FSG was a couple of months ago anyway, just let our head of departments all go to FIFA and everything, get these top jobs. And uh, it was more or less, was it cost-cutting or late in terms of the pandemic and everything? It's ridiculous. There's something seriously wrong. I don't know if it's Liverpool need to change their fitness regime or if it's just a, a lack of overexertion and obviously just mainly due to the lack of the squad depth. Liverpool have to play our best 14 players every single week, week in, week out. And you look at like obviously City and other top teams around Europe as well. They've got more of a more of an option really to bring in players in and out. But as you said, um, we've just got to deal with it, stick through it anyway. But the main thing this season, I can foresee a massive defeat. Something similar to the Aston Villa game. I think we've come, what, 11 games into this season. We've played absolutely poorly. And I think we've been very fortunate, the way we've been playing, that we haven't been on, a, on the back of a proper hiding this year. Well, that was with uh, Adrian in goal. And, yeah. uh, you know, if Ali, if Ali picks up another injury, um, you know, yeah, it could happen. It really could. It really could. Because, yeah, something needs to happen. Um, great to have Ravi in the chat and uh, as well he says uh, big out to everybody Hi, it's great to have you with us ravi and um yeah it's and yeah of course is here as well um there you go uh ifs ifs and buts where candy and nuts we'd all have a nice christmas that's a really good <laughs> comment there excellent stuff uh alan what about you your sort of overview for where we are and where we're going i'm i'm I mean, I don't, five points or fourth, yes, okay, five points or fourth. But for me, I see it as percentage-wise, like we're eighth because we're eighth best in the league and it's going to continue that way or drop down. I can see us dropping to like 10th or something. I don't know. What, what's your overview? Is it as, as gloomy as mine? Uh, yes, unfortunately it is. Um, you know, I was figuring we were fighting for fourth. Um, and we still are fighting for fourth, but we're dropping. And as we all seen before, it's a dangerous thing to go out of the top four. It's any team that goes out of the top four, normally out of it for a few years. So so it's, it's a dangerous thing if we don't get top four. Also, like what Jack was saying there about, you know, the likes of our head doctor leaving and all these people leaving, um, you know, was it penny pinching or whatever. But like, there must be a reason why Michael Edwards left. You know, I, I'm I'm a believer that Michael Edwards left because if, if if you're the guy that's buying players like he has been for the last few years and you're not getting money to spend, your job can't be very enjoyable. Like, so there's a lot of things that seem to have strange happened over the last year or so. You know, like um, you know, like um, who was it? Gary Richards said a good point there about FSG. Like, I don't know. I'm getting. Do any of us really think FSG are going to open up the checkbook and give Klopp 200 million, 300 million? They're not. Um, I I just have a feeling in the last two months that FSG are falling out of love with the club, if they ever were really in love with it. But 
I don't know if you know Danny Road Stadium is end is finished and the capacity is bigger. And I have a feeling that they're, they're waiting for an offer to come in. I think of some big Asian company, company, oil company, or whatever comes in with a big offer. I think if you want to sell it. Why though? Why why would they though, Alan? Because this is a huge. I mean, they 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 they're making a heck of a lot of money from Liverpool. I mean, this this money. Uh, there was a really interesting podcast with Mo Chatra that they've taken us all for granted. Out. Sorry, they yeah. own. Yeah, yeah, go on. They've taken us all, Liverpool fans, for mugs. And mm-hmm. like the fact that we all spend under quid on a ticket, so everyone goes home and away. I feel sorry mm-hmm. for all the away fans as well in Europe as yeah. well. Don't be wrong, we've been very fortunate and we've and, and I'm all for appreciating for what we've got, but we could have had a lot more, if you get me. We've stood too too still and too still and, yeah. yeah, and and always, even the 70s and 80s, Liverpool continued to continue to be at the top. You need to continue, like any business, you need to invest to get more out of your business as well and a better performance out of your playing squad as well. But I think yeah. and FSG have got extremely lucky that Jürgen Klopp was on the market at that given Absolutely. time. It was only him and Ancelotti and the, for the model in which FSG had at that time was buy cheap, bring players in. And Jürgen Klopp was their poster boy in reality. Uh, we're only here where we are over the last couple of years is not because of FSG, but it's because of Jürgen Klopp. Yeah, he's overachieved. Yeah, I get that, but I get that, but I do think that it's a bit, it's a bit more complicated than that. I think, I think that the model worked really well for buying younger and hungrier players that you know, or, or misfits that you know, no one has on. picked up on. You know, statistic <laughs> the stats about Virgil, for example. So many top clubs passed him by because statistically, he wasn't. You know. Like, brilliant, well, yeah, but, but they but picked up on it. But they, but they made no. But they made they made some great decisions to back Klopp. If it was just him bringing bringing them in, they have they did make some good good decisions. It's not like they've been they were partly responsible for all of our success Agreed. as well. Yeah. But I just think that unless there's like a real movement to kick them out, they wouldn't sell because they're you know. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll keep they going like Arsenal were for years. They'll, they'll turn out to like Arsenal were for years, happen to finish top four and make 50, 60 million profit. Well, I mean, would it take, like Jack knows better than, better than us, he goes to games regularly, would it take something like the, the ticket prices that time where the fans stage a walkout in 85 minutes? Like, you know, FSG, your American company, or they like their clean image and stuff. They don't want to see... You know, like Jack says, they're taking the fans, us fans, for granted. Like I'm not, I was never an FSG fan out, FSG out. But in the last two years, I've just said, no, they're not investing, they're not giving money. Like you've a good point about young players taking up young players, but where are they for now? Joel, we can't wait. We can't wait for our midfield is devastated. And it might have been Klopp insisting on giving new contracts to Milner and Henderson that may have forced the budget. We don't know. We don't know. He might have a a partner too. Yes, he's very loyal. Mm. But still, if FSG are running the club and and the way they do run it, like surely they could have stood up as well and said, well, let's have the next few lads ready, bought in them young players. 
had them ready for this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, that's something that I mentioned a couple of couple of episodes ago. Uh, in the twenty three to twenty seven age bracket, we have two midfielders, Naby Keita and Arthur Mello. So there's a huge problem there. Um, Doug, what do you what do you make of any of that? I'll give you the the sort of final word here because we've done over an hour. I want to thank everybody in the chat. Um, Ravi put in a great comment before. I just want to read it out. Uh, he said, um, you know, what Ravi, Ravi thinks is that we looked out of sorts. We never won anything clean. We looked second best and we weren't doing the basics well. And it's been that way for a long time. Um, Doug, what's your overview about our current situation? Um, I think we are in a mess. Um, I also think as well the injuries haven't helped. But the one thing I can actually say to Klopp that I can criticise him for, he shows too much sentimentality to some players. James Milner, 37 years of age. Look, you've been a fantastic servant for Liverpool Football Club. You should not be starting games at your age. Naby Keita, I'm sorry. If it was me, I would drive him right to Liverpool John John Lennon Airport and just basically send him anywhere. That guy is unreliable. He is so unfit. Alex Oxley Chamberlain may as well be in a injury bed or an injury hospital. Honestly, it's just I just think we we show too much sentimentality to these players. Um, we didn't strengthen in the summer. The Badly need to strengthen in the midfield. I, I think that's a that's a rare that's a certainty. Uh, our midfield is injury prone at best. I mean, Henderson's losing his legs. Thiago, we can't really you know rely on Thiago to you know play three games a week. You know what happened? He got an ear infection, which it wasn't it doesn't sound too too good. Curtis Jones is he ready? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Harvey Elliott and uh, Fabio Carvalho. They are they are the future. They are the future. Luis Diaz has been a very, very good sign in the, the, the left-hand side. Firmino, if I, you know, Firmino has had a good season so far. I don't want to be going into a season where we're basically being like Manchester United and giving out bucks and bucks and bucks of money. Like, how much is Ronaldo in a Man United? Like, 500k? Like, Liverpool don't do that. Liverpool would never, ever, ever, ever give a player 500k a week. So I don't want to be going into. I don't want to be going into that. I don't want to be, you know, even thinking of you know giving players high wages. Yes, obviously Salah 350k. Look, I don't think he's going to do an Abamyang. You know, Abamyang. But once he got that big contract at Arsenal, he down tools. You'd be, you would either get a very, very hungry and a very, very determined Abamyang. Or you would get a very, very half-harsed Aubameyang. Now, I don't want Salah to go down that that, that route. But for me, I think I think we now just have to hope on top four. Um, I don't think we're I don't think we're a title race. Um, and also, Can you get it. I mean, that's that seems very optimistic. Top four, you, you to me, you, you're confident we can actually fight for it. I think what's happening is this is a very unprecedented season. Everyone seems to be capable of beating anybody. You look at Tottenham today, 
and against against Man they were absolutely abysmal. You know, Hugo Lloris goes from hero to zero in about two games. You know, he was he was hero in the Manchester United game for keeping that score down, but today he was absolutely like the Hugo Lloris that we all know, flappy, makes a mistake. You know, asks for free kicks like that. That that. That decision to give the, the Callum Wilson goal was the correct one. And I don't care what Jamie Redknapp says, because he's an ex-Spurs player. Yeah. Oh, it's a foul. Oh, Callum Wilson's run into Hugo Lloris. Oh, it's a foul. But Miguel Almiron, that goal, Jesus Christ. Like, honestly, Lloris basically dives over the ball. So we all know that, you know, I'm so happy that we've got Alison Becker, right? I'm so happy we've got Alison Becker because... Honestly, Hugo Lloris is is over. He is very, very overrated. And I think if uh, Mike Mangian is actually fit, I think he overtakes um, Lloris. But for me, top four, I think is massive. We definitely need top four. Champions League run would be absolutely lovely. But do I see us winning the group ahead of Napoli? No, I think it's safe. Napoli are going to rip Rangers a new one on Wednesday, and they're probably going to get Giovanni Van Bronckhorst sacked because. My Scottish club Livingston managed to get a draw with Rangers yesterday, and you know the 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 natives at Ibrox are not very very happy right now. So I think if Napoli win that six nil, then uh... <laughs> Alan, Alan's punching the air at that news. Yes. Stevie getting the uh, Rangers job again? Yeah, watch that happen. Oh, Stevie G, <laughs> uh, you never you never know about that, but yes, I think yeah. top four Champions League run would be lovely. Will we will we give a will we give a monkeys about the League Cup or the FA Cup? Well, they're trophies. I mean, you know, I mean, if they're they're bonuses, but yeah, we don't need to. I mean, yeah. they're the bottom of the list of priorities, aren't they? But uh, oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. But yeah, things can so, only get better. Let me just say that things can only get better. I wish I I shared your optimism. I don't. Um, I think they they're going to continue to be rubbish at least until January the first where i hope that we've got lined up at least two midfielders i would also buy a right back to move trent into midfield and give him a go there uh, because you know i think that's that would be a dereliction of duty from fsg if we don't sign players in january and i want them on january the first and as for who i want i it, it, there's a beautiful poem by rumi and i'm going to um, I'm going to leave you with it because this is the Rumi, the poet, describing the kind of player that I think we should buy. I want a troublemaker, a blood spiller, a blood drinker with a heart of flame who quarrels with the sky and fights with fate, who burns like fire on the rushing sea. This has been Cop On Podcast. You've been absolutely wonderful to join us. Thank you very much to Alan. Thank you very much to Jack from Anfield Road TV. Thank you extremely to Doug from the Dugout channel as well. Um, and thank you a million to everybody in the chat. Thank you to everybody at home. You are very loved. You are loved like a buttered crumpet, all of you. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.